Good morning. It's time for another edition of Dr. Andy's Wellness Corner, the show that allows you and your family to live a longer, happier, healthier life so that you can enjoy more of what you love to do. I am your host, Andy Marone, chiropractic physician specializing in enzyme nutrition. I am the clinic director at Redmond Ridge Nutrition and Chiropractic, where we use enzyme nutrition, rehabilitative exercises, massage therapy, and either low force or traditional chiropractic care to help you reclaim your health safely, effectively, and naturally without drugs or surgery. You can reach us on the web at redmondridgenutrition.com. That's redmondridgenutrition.com. Or give us a call at 425-868-0120. 425-868-0120. As always, you're listening to us on Alternative Talk, AM 1150 KKNW. And a special thanks to my producer, Benny Mathers, without whom this show would not be possible. Let's go ahead and get started with some listener questions. The first listener wants to remain anonymous and suffers from acid reflux quite severely. And this particular listener wants to know why their doctors just keep changing medications when none of it works and if there are any downsides to these medications. First and foremost, if I knew specifically which medications you were taking, I could actually list the side effects right here on the air. That being said, I would strongly recommend that you go to drugs.com and you can look up those medications yourself and you can look up all of the potential side effects and the harmful long-term uses. But let me go over some of the long-term uses, um, problems with heartburn, acid reflux, GERD medication, and all those conditions are just different names for the same thing. There are two basic types of medications for these problems. The first type is acid blockers, and these are things like uh, your antacids. Uh, There are common names over the shelf are Tums, um, Alka-Seltzer, Mylanta, things like that. And the other type are what they call the protein pump inhibitors. And what these do is actually block acid from being released. So the first type neutralize the acid after it's released, the second type actually blocks the acid from being released. However, the FDA warns that there are some serious problems, and I do mean serious problems, with using acid blockers or acid neutralizers long term. And I'm going to get into those in just one second, but I want to talk a second about what causes acid reflux or GERD or heartburn or whatever term you want to use for it. First of all, it's a common misunderstanding, including by the medical community, that the problem is that your body is producing or your stomach is producing too much acid, when in fact the exact opposite is usually the problem. The, your stomach is supposed to be very, very thick. And the reason your stomach is supposed to be very, very thick is that it protects your, the rest of your body from exposure to that acid, which could be quite harmful to the rest of your body. When your stomach doesn't produce enough acid, the thickness of the stomach actually go, gets less. That is, the stomach gets thinner. And part of the stomach is there's a valve that separates the stomach from 
the esophagus. And that's what prevents acid from coming back up into the esophagus. And it's that backing up of acid into the esophagus that causes heartburn or GERD. However, when that valve isn't thick enough, it can't form a tight seal. And so too little acid causes that valve to be too thin to provide a tight seal, and therefore it leaks. So for that reason, GERD, acid reflux, heartburn, whatever you want to call it, is actually a problem of too little stomach acid, not too much. However, if you eat too late at night, that can cause problems too, because then you go lie down in bed and gravity's not working for you, so the acid has a chance to move upstream. I should also point out that a long-term complication of constant or frequent acid reflux or GERD or heartburn is a condition called a Barrett's esophagus. A Barrett's esophagus is basically scar tissue forming over the esophagus, and that is the number one cause of esophageal cancer. So I don't want to tell you that acid reflux is no big deal. Over the long haul, it can become a very big deal. But what I do want to tell you is the common strategy in dealing with acid reflux is, quite frankly, the opposite of the strategy you want to take. Now, before I get into the right strategy, let me go into the dangers of both acid neutralizers like Tums, Alka-Seltzer, Mylanta, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and protein pump inhibitors or acid blockers such as Prilosec, Nexium, Omeprazole, and there are others. Omeprazole is the generic name. So the first problem is that these acid blockers or acid neutralizers bring digestion to a screeching halt, and there's two reasons why. First, Stomach acid does not digest your food. I want to say that again. Stomach acid does not digest your food. Stomach acid activates an enzyme in your stomach, and that enzyme digests your food, or at least performs one step. Actually, digestion begins in the mouth, provided that you properly chew your food. The second stage of digestion is in the stomach. Stomach acid, hydrochloric acid, turns pepsinogen, which is an inactive enzyme, that is an enzyme that can't do any work, into its active form, which is called pepsin, and pepsin continues to digest your food. What causes that to happen is the physical expansion of the stomach by the presence of food. But that's not the only place that gets hung up by stomach acid. The next stage also gets brought to a screeching halt by stomach acid. So the next phase of digestion happens in the very close part of the small intestine. When the food reaches that area, it's the presence of acid. I want to say that again because that's super important. The presence of acid causes your gallbladder to release bile so that it can emulsify fats, and it causes your pancreas to release three enzymes, one enzyme to digest proteins, another enzyme to uh, digest sugars, and one more to digest fats, provided they are properly emulsified by bile salts from the gallbladder. But if we backtrack a second, did you catch the trigger 
required for all of that to happen. It's not the expansion or the stretch of the small intestine due to the presence of food like it is in the stomach. What it is instead is the presence of acid in the small intestine. The small intestine is typically an alkaline environment. However, when the partially digested food from the stomach enters it, that partially digested food is supposed to be acidic. And it's the presence of that acid. I'll say that again. It's the presence of the acid that causes the gallbladder and the pancreas to release the bile salts and the digestive enzymes, which can complete the digestive process. So if your stomach is less acidic, then you have less acid entering the small intestine, which is going to trigger less bile salts from the gallbladder and fewer digestive enzymes from the pancreas. This is physiology 101. I'm not, uh, this is, you can find this in any physiology textbook, including, by the way, the medical physiology textbooks, of which one I had to read in order to get a doctorate of chiropractic. In fact, I read the same physiology textbooks, Guidance, Guyton's Guide to Medical Physiology, as is used in medical school. But that's not the last place that acid is required. So digestion begins in the mouth. The second phase happens in the stomach. The third phase happens in the very top part of the small intestines. The rest of the small intestines absorbs your food. Now, this is key. In order for your body to digest calcium, let me say that again, in order for your body to absorb, that is, I think I said digest, absorb calcium, acid has to be present in the small intestine. As a result, the FDA warns that the long-term use of acid blockers and antacids can cause kidney failure and kidney disease, heart failure and heart disease, osteoporosis, cancer, and an increase of stomach infections. Now, the cancer bit is actually from the Loma Linda Medical Institution, and I'll explain why, but the other ones are from the FDA. Now, how in the world can lack of stomach acid cause cancer? So let me go into that. If you remember, we're not producing as much stomach acid. This means in the stomach, pepsinogen did not get turned into its active form pepsin, and so the second stage of digestion has been hampered with. Now the undigested food, instead of the partially digested food, enters the small intestine. And since it's not very acidic, because we blocked or neutralized that stomach acid, now the gallbladder doesn't release enough bile salts, and the pancreas don't release enough digestive enzymes to further digest your food which means as the food travels through your small intestine, it can't be readily absorbed. So now it enters the large colon where it begins to form the stool. And instead of being a stool rich in waste product, it is also a stool that is rich in nutrients, proteins, carbohydrates, and fats. And since we didn't absorb them, there are other microorganisms living in your gut that will be more than happy to eat them for you. 
and they are bacteria. Now, when the bacteria feed on this nutrient-rich stool, they harden the stool, and that will lead to constipation. And it's this constipation which, according to the Loma Linda Medical University, can lead to colon cancer or breast cancer. So again, I don't know what kind of medications that the, your doctors keep putting you on, but if they have anything to do with either neutralizing or stopping acid, that can be bad news down the line. Now, disclaimer, I cannot advise you to stop, change, or start taking any medication. That is a conversation that you will have to have with your appropriate health care providers. However, do know that physiologically, acid reflux is a condition of too little stomach acid and not too much. Now, the follow-up question was, how can enzyme nutrition and or chiropractic help with this? Let's start with the chiropractic part, because that's going to be a little bit more challenging. Because most of you listeners out there think that chiropractic care is only for back or neck pain. And that is such a small fraction of what chiropractic can do. In fact, that is what medicine tries to pigeonhole chiropractic in. Insofar as they have cornered the government into only providing chiropractic grants for chiropractic research if it is for research showing that chiropractic prov provides temporary relief for minor low back pain. What chiropractic care does is takes pressure off of vital nerves so that you can, your body can function the way it's supposed to. Now let me get into how that relates to your stomach health and stomach acid, but let me go there in a roundabout way. So if chiropractic takes pressure off of vital nerves, then what percentage of those nerves deal with pain? Do you have any idea? Most of the patients in my office who are new to chiropractic look at me and say, well, all of them, right? Wrong. Less than 8% of the nerves in your body deal with pain. Once again, that is so important. I'm going to say it again. Less than 8% of the nerves in your body deal with pain. What do the other 92% control? They control every function in your body, from your heartbeat to your breathing to the digestion of your food to the elimination of waste products to your ability to sweat to your blood pressure, you name it. It is controlled by the brain and the nervous system and the spine. In fact, there are two major nerves that control the stomach the greater and the lesser splanchnic nerves, for those of you who like to Google things. And those come out of the lower thoracic vertebra and the upper lumbar vertebra. If the, any of those nerves are being irritated in any way, shape, or form, then it is possible that they could be interfering with healthy function of your stomach, including acid production and or release. Now, as far as enzyme nutrition is concerned, what builds up a healthy mucus and acid membrane in your stomach? You guessed it, it's enzymes. So the right enzymes paired with the right foods can help your body properly rebuild and properly maintain both a healthy mucus layer in your stomach and healthy acid production so that your stomach 
and the valve are nice and thick and therefore have a tight seal so acid cannot leak up into the esophagus. I know that was a very long-winded answer, but it is a very complicated topic. And I would look up the drugs that you're taking, and I would do some research on those on drugs.com and find out what those side effects are. Also, I've written several articles on the dangers of acid blockers and acid neutralizers, and you can find those on my blog at redmondridgenutrition.com. In fact, a note to all my listeners out there, if you suffer from GERD, acid reflux, or heartburn or indigestion, while I don't treat those diseases, I can help your digestive function work the way it's supposed to between the right diet and the right enzyme supplements. We do this only after we perform testing, which is scientific and based on sound medical principles. If you'd like to know more, you can contact us at 425 425- 8680120 that number again is 4258680120 or on the web at redmondridgenutrition.com redmondridgenutrition.com there is a contact us page and if you go there fill out the online form and whether you become a patient or not i will email you a free ebook on health in america if you decide to set up a consultation I will sit down with you in a one-on-one atmosphere in an unrushed setting, and we will talk about your condition, your concerns, and how it affects your life and the life of your loved ones. I will do some preliminary testing to see if you're a good candidate for care, and if you are, I will outline all costs up front, no surprises. And if you're not, I will do everything in my power to find a proper referral. Another question came in uh, from someone suffering from Lyme disease, and they want to know how enzyme nutrition might help somebody who suffers from Lyme disease. And once again, I'm going to start with my FDA-friendly disclaimer. Enzyme nutrition does not diagnose or treat any disease, and that does include Lyme disease. But that being said, enzyme nutrition can support healthy immune function for people who suffer with those conditions. Lyme disease is a type of bacteria known as a spirochete, and there's something very special about that spirochete. And unlike other bacteria, this particular bacteria builds a protein shield around its cell wall. Think of it as a force field around the bacteria that protects it, and that force field is made out of protein. Now, your immune system tries to release enzymes that eat away at that protein so that it can get in there and destroy that bacteria. Oftentimes, of course, your immune system struggles to do that properly. And there are enzymes that help your immune system release those enzymes to destroy that protein force field, if you will, so that your other immune cells can actually destroy the bacteria itself, the spirochete itself. However, it's a tricky situation because if Lyme disease has been there for a while, it has taken the healthy mucous membranes in your body and it has wiped them away and replaced them with a biofilm. Now, Lyme disease is not the only one that does this. However, in most other cases, when you eradicate the disease, you can then eradicate the biofilm and rebuild the mucous membrane. However, Lyme disease fights back. 
Any time you try to upset that biofilm, Lyme disease hits back with a vengeance. So if you've been suffering for a long time, I typically won't take that person as a patient because that disease is triggered that anything that threatens its environment, it lashes out and the patient feels way too many symptoms for any type of treatment to be successful. And that's the challenging thing. Between that protein shield, which antibiotics can't penetrate, and the biofilm, which the bacteria reacts very harshly to if it's affected in any way, it makes Lyme disease a tricky thing for any healthcare provider. But again, either way, enzyme nutrition does not treat Lyme disease. It supports healthy immune system function by helping your immune system release the right enzymes and by helping your immune system destroy bacteria and by helping your body wipe away biofilm properly and replace it with a healthy mucus layer. Now, if this is new, it may be okay. The disease may not have had a chance to take hold and lash out, but if you've been a sufferer for a very long time, then chances are you're not going to be able to tolerate the treatment because the disease will lash out and it will punish you, unfortunately, for trying to affect its happy environment, which is unfortunately for you an unhealthy environment for you. We had another question come in over the web last week, and this particular person uh, states that their blood pressure has been fluctuating quite a bit lately, and in addition to looking at their heart, their physician also wanted to look at their kidneys, and this particular person just wanted to know why the physician wanted to look at their kidneys as well as their heart. Uh, And that's a great question, let me give you an answer. Your kidneys can play a role in your blood pressure. And let me explain how. Your kidneys can either excrete water through the urine or they can recycle it back into your body. And how much water your kidneys decide to recycle or how much water it decides to get rid of is based on several key factors. So your blood pressure has to do with several things. It has to do with the size of your arteries, and there's an inner layer in your arteries that's made out of muscle. So those arteries actually can get smaller or bigger depending on what is needed. So if you need more pressure, those arteries will actually contract to create less space. Just like if you use a smaller nozzle on your hose, you get more pressure other major factor in your blood pressure, there's two actually, is how fast and how strong your heart is pumping. So there are two components of your heartbeat that you need to be aware of. The first one is what we call your heart rate, and that's how fast your heart is pumping. But the second one is technically known as stroke volume. Stroke volume, you can think of as how hard the heart contraction is. That is to say, How much blood in one pump is your heart actually squeezing out into your body? The harder the contraction, the more blood that's going in. The other factor is blood volume. There are little pockets in the veins of your legs, and those pockets actually store blood cells that aren't being used. And so 
if you live a sedentary lifestyle, then those blood vessels rarely need to be used. But if you're active, those pockets open up or they kind of collapse a little bit and allow more red blood cells into your bloodstream because you're being more active and your body needs more oxygen and oxygen is carried by red blood cells. In fact, that's why if you sit around too long as you age, you develop varicose veins because those little pockets in your leg veins actually give out and those blood vessels basically rot, die, and sink to the bottoms of your legs. So if we're dealing with the kidneys, the question becomes, what determines how much water your kidneys recycle versus how much water it excretes through your urine? And there are two major hormones that can play a role in that process. Now, to order to explain what those hormones are and how they work, I need to say there are sensors in your carotid arteries especially that detect blood pressure. And they send signals to the brain, and the brain looks at your internal and external environment, your inside and outside environment, and says, I need more blood, I need a higher blood pressure. This guy's jogging on a treadmill, our oxygen demands are higher, so I need to increase my blood pressure. So it tells your brain to release a hormone called ADH, and that ADH exposes the liquid running through your kidneys to a high concentration of minerals deep within the kidneys. And that miner those minerals attract water back into your body, thus antidiuretic. Your body is retaining water. So ADH helps your body retain water through the kidneys. It basically tells the kidneys, recycle this water. Now, the other hormone works opposite of that, and it actually, so ADH uh, comes from the brain, particularly the pituitary gland, and it is a hormone, so it is a part of your endocrine system. Now, ANP, which is the opposite hormone, is also part of the endocrine system. Now, ADH stands for antidiuretic hormone. ANP stands for atrial natriuretic peptide. Now, it is released actually from the atrium of the heart, which is why it's called atrial, and natrium is basically salt. And what it does is causes your kidneys to, to excrete more salt in the urine. Now, how in the world does that cause more water to be excreted in the urine? Because water follows salt, or it'll, solve, it'll follow actually any dissolved substance, including sugar, Mud, if you ate mud, don't eat mud. Uh, but it will follow any dissolved substance or any dissolved particles, including salt. So ANP, or atrial natriuretic peptide, causes your kidneys to excrete more salt in the urine. As a result of that, more water will follow that salt and be excreted also in the urine. And those two things can play a huge role in your blood pressure. So if there's something wrong with your kidneys, particularly the nephron, which is the functional unit of the kidney, or it's not responding to those hormones properly, then that could in fact affect your blood pressure. And that's probably why your physician is looking at your kidneys. Now there is one more hormone we probably should talk about if we're talking about uh, blood pressure, and that is aldosterone. 
and that is a mineral corticoid hormone. It's basically a steroid hormone produced by the adrenal cortex in the adrenal gland, and it basically uh, is required for sodium or salt conservation in the kidneys, also in the salivary glands and sweat glands, as well as the uh, colon. And it plays a central role in the regulation of blood pressure, uh, and it does so by causing your kidneys to reabsorb salt. And again, remember that water follows salt, so if you recycle salt, you're also recycling water. But again, that does affect kidney function as well. So you can see your kidneys actually play a huge role in your blood pressure. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. You're listening to Dr. Andy's Wellness Corner on AM 1150 KKNW Alternative Talk. We'll be right back. Redmond Ridge Nutrition and Chiropractic. Dr. Marone will take the time to sit down with you and listen to you about your health concerns and how they affect your life and the lives of your loved ones. My condition was so bad it would keep me at home for days. I couldn't go dancing. I couldn't even go on vacation. I had lots of tests at many hospitals. I was given all kinds of names to my problem, but no solutions. I sat down with Dr. Andy and he really took the time to talk with me about my issues. He outlined the enzyme nutrition process, including all costs involved. I was skeptical at first, but after another weekend stuck at home, I decided to give it a try. Since then, I have been able to dance and go on vacation with no problems. All my friends say I look younger and have more energy. I even lost weight. Dr. Andy and Enzyme Nutrition helped me restore my health so I could get back to what I love to do. If you've been from doctor to doctor with no answers to your suffering or are sick and tired of being processed through the healthcare system like an object on a conveyor belt, give Redmond Ridge Nutrition and Chiropractic a call and set up a consultation. You'll receive individualized care in a caring environment. You can reach us at 425-868-0120. That's 425-868-0120. Or check out the website, RedmondRidgeNutrition.com. That's RedmondRidgeNutrition.com. Hi, I'm attorney-turned-life coach Sunny Joy, host of Sunny in Seattle. I invite you to join me every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW. Each week, I'll be bringing you amazing coaches, authors, and healers who are on a mission to encourage you, inspire you, and give you tools to live a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. I look forward to connecting with you every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. Tropical Storm Irene devastated homes in a low-lying neighborhood of West Haven, Connecticut. A year later, Superstorm Sandy did the same. Residents knew it was only a matter of time before they got flooded again. 
You have people that are they're just stuck in a terrible situation, and the condition was getting worse. Mark Payne with West Haven's Department of Public Works says continuing to rebuild in that area no longer made financial sense. So the city turned to a federal floodplain easement program. The federal government was offering to take a look at these high-risk properties and allow the homeowners to be bought out at the value of their property the day before the storm rather than the day after. The houses are removed, and the property gets put into an easement so it can never be developed. Then the city and federal partners restore the land to marshland habitat, which can absorb flood water. It's a hard decision to leave a home behind. But for the few dozen homeowners who have opted in, the program offers an affordable way to move to higher ground. And the land they leave behind will help strengthen the city to withstand future storms. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Alternative Talk 1150 is like no other radio station. Here we provide a platform for the exchange of great ideas and positive energy. Our radio shows vary greatly, but do share a common goal of bettering listeners' lives. Perhaps you're ready to join our family of radio show hosts. Learn how affordable and rewarding it can be to host your own radio show. Call me, Eric Cream, at 425-653-1150. That's 425-653-1150. And let's discuss your radio dream. After countless tries to find healing for a devastating low back pain, Dr. Andy Marone met with his mentor and discovered a balance and clarity he never thought possible. He left his job as a software engineer and began a lifelong journey of learning the power of quality chiropractic care and enzyme nutrition and never looked back. He believes in not just treating pain, but removing roadblocks and paving the way to a happy and healthy life. Join Dr. Andy's Wellness Corner Mondays from 9 to 10 a.m. On Seattle's Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Dr. Andy's Wellness Corner on Alternative Talk, AM 1150 KKNW. Once again, I am your host, Dr. Andy, Clinic Director at Redmond Ridge Nutrition and Chiropractic. I am a chiropractic physician specializing in enzyme nutrition. You can reach us on the web at redmondridgenutrition.com or call us at 425-868-0120. That number again is 425-868-0120. If you have a question that you would like addressed on the show, 
Or if you have a topic you'd like me to discuss on the show, please do not hesitate to contact us. Go to redmondridgenutrition.com, click on the Contact Us link across the top, and fill out the online form. Either way, if you contact me, I will send you a free ebook on health in America. Once again, that website is redmondridgenutrition.com, where you'll also find a useful blog where I publish articles on health and wellness almost daily. This next question comes in from Debbie from Seattle, and she wants to know, I take a multivitamin. Aren't vitamins enzymes? And that's a really good question. Vitamins are actually what we call coenzymes. They are not enzymes. They are enzyme helpers. They help enzymes do their job. And yes, while vitamins are essential for, for vitamins to do their job properly, they are not enzymes and they cannot do anything without the enzymes, right enzymes in place. So yes, it is important to get your vitamins, although I would prefer that you get your vitamins from fresh fruits and vegetables rather than from a supplement. And that is because the research shows that people who take a multivitamin have a higher mortality. That is, they die sooner than people who don't. And the reason for that, it's believed in the study, is not that the multivitamin is causing the mortality. It's that subconsciously, the multivitamin gives them permission to eat a less healthy diet. So again, while uh, getting your vitamins is important, they can't do anything without the right enzymes in place, and it's best to get your vitamins and minerals from your food, not from a supplement. And if you get them from a supplement, make sure that they are properly chelated and make sure that they are only from organic, natural, plant-based sources with the exception of B12, which may have to come from a meat source. Not always, but usually. Our next question comes from Dana in Portland. I didn't know our radio station reached all the way down to Portland, or maybe she was in town visiting. Anyway, she wanted to know if sufferers from breast cancer can benefit from eating more veggies. Um, Anybody can benefit from eating more veggies. Uh, however, research from the European Journal of Can Cancer analyzed various studies and um, actually showed that reducing your risk of breast cancer can be done up to 21% simply by eating one more serving of veggies a day. Now, I also want to remind you what our former Surgeon General C. Everett Koop stated. He said that eating five or more servings of fresh fruits or vegetables a day could solve America's ailing health crisis. Now, he presented this to a board of people when he was in uh, power as Surgeon General. However, unfortunately, most of these powers were influenced by Big Pharma and this research never came to, not to light. So eating more fresh fruits and vegetables are always a good idea. Let me throw some more research at you. A review of 170 studies from 17 different nations revealed that people who eat the most fruits and vegetables consistently have half the cancer rates of those who eat the least. Also, more than a 20% reduction in risk of colorectal cancer from the addition of one daily serving of 
vegetables, according to the International Journal of Cancer. Men who ate fresh fruit every day had 70% chance of dying from cancer of the digestive tract than those who ate almost no fruit. That's from Cancer Epidemiology, Biomarkers, and Prevention. In addition, 172 valid studies show that deficiency in the consumption of fruits and vegetables causes cancers. Risks are doubled to tripled if you are in the lowest percentile of intake. Cancer, like all chronic illnesses, is due to lifestyle deficiency and toxicity and not, I repeat, not genetic programming. Now, if you already suffer from breast cancer, and I'm very sorry if you do, can fruits and vegetables help? Look, I'm not allowed to say that fruits and vegetables cure cancer, because if anybody made that claim, the FDA would say, where's your double-blind study, and where's your side effects, and if so, and if that's the case, then you would need a prescription to have to be able to use fruits and vegetables to fight cancer. I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. This is the truth. Go to the FDA website or ask them yourself. So I'm not claiming that fruits and vegetables fight cancer. However, cancer is a state of adaptive physiology, and fresh fruits and vegetables help you restore normal physiology. Cancer cannot thrive in an environment where normal physiology rules. So I'll let you draw your own conclusion. But disclaimer, fresh fruits and vegetables don't cure cancer, because if they did, you would need a prescription for them. I'm not lying. Laugh your head off, please. I hope you are as you're driving to work this morning. But this is the law and this is the truth. The next question comes in from someone from Fremont who wants to remain anonymous. And this person states that they are very obese and is thinking about going on to a specific type of diet, which I won't mention the brand name of that diet over the air. However, uh, they wanted to know if there were any long-term, will they lose the weight? Will they gain it back? And are there any long-term effects? You, If you do stick to that diet, you will lose the weight. If you stick to that diet, you will probably gain it back. And if you stick to that diet, you'll probably, your metabolism will slow down so much that you probably won't be able to take it back off again. The diet that you're describing is basically a starvation diet. What they do is they put you on a 500-calorie-a-day diet, and other diets vary anywhere between 400 and 750 calories. Remember your body, the average body, needs 2,000 to function, and to keep your energy high, they hock you up with B vitamins, caffeine, guarna, and all the uh, really bad stuff to basically hype up your adrenals while you're on this starvation diet. Now, let me go into some research about these starvation diets. These starvation diets are becoming really popular because obesity is already a nationwide epidemic. And unfortunately, that causes many to turn to diet programs that involve these starvation diets. However, the problem is that in the long term, these programs cause weight gain over the long haul. Let me explain why. But first, according to the CDC, over a third of all Americans are obese. And sadly, obesity is the number one cause of our nation's leading killers, including heart disease, heart failure, high blood pressure, 
diabetes, and many, many, many more. And to make matters worse, if our current trends condition, continue, over half of all Americans will suffer from obesity by 2030. Guys, that's not that far away. And as a result, many Americans turn to supplements and extreme diet programs in hopes of looking better and feeling younger. However, many of these programs actually make the situation worse over the long haul. To make matters even more worse, if that's a way to say it, many of these starvation diets are actually a part of a multi-level networking product. In fact, the particular one that you asked me about is a multi-level networking product. Their aim is to get you under their tier, so hopefully they make a percentage of everything you buy, and if you eventually they'll try to tell you to promote these products to others and get them under your tier so that they also profit from that as well. What's even more worrisome is that many of these people are selling you diets and supplements and they have no training in nutrition or any type of health care. In fact, this particular program is often marketed to personal trainers. And while true personal trainers, caveat, you can go to a two-day course and call yourself a personal trainer. I'm not kidding. There is no legal definition as to what a personal trainer is, and there is no licensure. So be careful even with that term. But even if there's somebody who went to school and got a degree in kinesiology, they are not qualified to work on your diet. So let's go over how these programs work. These programs put you on somewhere between a four and a 700 calorie diet. And then to keep your energy up, they use shakes and supplements loaded with unhealthy energy boosters. I named some of them earlier, guarna, caffeine, you name it. Uh, also, Ma Wong or Ephedra is another common one that they use. And unfortunately, all of these can cause serious health problems if used improperly. Actually, Ephedra is used quite often in the herbal world, and it's a very good supplement, but only if you use it under the right circumstances and you use the right dosage, because it can cause a heart attack. Even others will claim to give you supplements that shake or, or shakes that quote-unquote curb your hunger, and yet others claim to include supplements that quote-unquote reset your metabolism. Unfortunately, there is no research of any kind, no valid scientific research to back any of this up. The other thing I'd like to point out is if you read the fine print of most of these diets, they read that 75 to 90%, 95%, depending on which diet you're looking at, of the population gains the weight right back. And actually, the percentage varies based on the product. Now, let's delve into why. When you starve yourself, you force your body to slow down its metabolism. And while we're on the subject, what exactly is this buzzword that everyone throws around? Think of your metabolism like the speedometer in your car. However, your metabolism is the speed at which your body burns calories. Of course, the more calories you burn, the more fat you break down. So these diets slow down your metabolism and cause weight gain once you're off of them. The only reason you're not gaining body weight while you, body fat while you're on them is because you're not eating enough calories for them to be uh, converted into fat. In fact, that's why they work in the short term. You're, while your metabolism is slowing down, you're not getting enough energy from your food, 
As a result, your body breaks down fat. However, in many of these diets, burning fat will not provide you with enough energy. So what does your body do? It does the same thing it would do if you were stranded in the jungle for months without food. Your body breaks down protein for energy. Where does your body store protein? In the muscle. That's right. When you go on a starvation diet, ask the person who sold it to you how much muscle mass you'll lose. Weight loss is, mu is about much more than calorie intake. While you do need to count calories, you shouldn't starve yourself. How however, you also need to pay attention to where those calories come from. The right balance of proteins, fats, complex carbohydrates, in combination with the right exercise program, can increase your metabolism, causing your body to burn fat even at rest. So while the starvation diet is actually slowing down your metabolism, which means you get off of the starvation diet, and now you have a slower metabolism than when you started, eating the right amount of calories from the right amounts, from the right types of calories, in combination with the right amount of exercise, will actually speed up your metabolism. And then when you're sitting there on 405 or 5, or when you're sitting in class, or while you're sitting at work, or even while you're sleeping at night, you will still be burning calories. Why? Because muscle burns calories even at rest. So if you are going to go on a diet, first make sure it's not a starvation diet. Second, ask what qualifications the person putting you on that diet has. And third, and most important of all, ask them if this is a multi-tiered or multi-level networking product. And if it is, I don't mean any disrespect, but please stay away from it, especially if it is a starvation-based diet. However, since we're on the subject, would you believe that chiropractic can also help you with weight loss? In fact, in a world of gimmick diets and supplements that come with false hopes and promises, Americans are desperate to lose weight. We just, we just went into that. What many don't realize is that chiropractic may help. New studies that show that chiropractic helps weight loss. In order to explain why, let me take you on a little journey. Do you know what part of your brain is responsible for weight loss? Remember that your brain has two parts. First is the conscious part, where you think about things and act based on those thoughts. Second, however, is the automatic part, called the autonomic nervous system. This part of your brain runs your body in the background. It controls your heart rate, your breathing, your digestion. It constantly makes adjustments in reaction to changes in both your, in your bodies, in the inside and outside world. Now, this automatic part of your brain, called the autonomic nervous system, actually has two parts itself. These parts work opposite each other. The first is your fight-or-flight system, called the sympathetic nervous system. Your brain turns this system up when you are more active. In fact, it increases blood flow to the limbs and muscles. It releases chemicals into our blood that give us more energy. While it was designed for emergencies, we also use it to burn calories when we exercise. Additionally, the uh, sympathetic nervous system also improves our metabolism. However, conversely, the other part is what we call the calming part of your nervous system. 
It's called the parasympathetic nervous system, or PNS. The parasympathetic nervous system works opposite the fight-or-flight system. This system, if you will, mellows us out and relaxes us. It slows our heart rate. It lowers our blood pressure. It also, though, diverts energy away from our limbs and muscles into things like digestion and elimination. When the sympathetic nervous system, the fight-or-flight system, is revved up, the parasympathetic or mellow system is automatically turned down and vice versa. As a result, to lose weight, our fight-or-flight system needs to work properly. And according to Chiropractic Journal, chiropractic care helps your fight-or-flight system work properly. Additional, additionally, sorry, research from the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism shows that improved sympathetic nervous system function helps you lose weight. Now, at Redmond Ridge Nutrition and Chiropractic, we use a combination of an exercise program, chiropractic care, the right diet, and the right enzyme supplements to help your autonomic nervous system and your metabolism work properly. And we do this through specific, traditional, or low-force spinal corrections. These adjustments or spinal corrections are both safe and precise in combination with a home exercise program, the right dietary changes teaching you how to eat to your own genetic strengths and the right enzyme supplements to help your brain, metabolism, muscles, and body work the way it's supposed to. In fact, we only make specific recommendations, not just on which supplements to take, but which dietary changes to make and what spinal corrections we'll use on you after specific testing, which is both scientific and based on sound medical principles. In fact, the chiropractic part of our examination includes orthopedic examinations, neurologic examinations, musculoskeletal examinations, and these are all standard physical exam procedures that are taught in any medical school. If you'd like to know more, give us a call at 425-868-0120. That number again is 425-868-0120. Or contact us on the web at redmondridgenutrition.com. That again, that website again is redmondridgenutrition.com. I've got a blog there where I post articles on health and wellness almost daily. And you can contact us with the Contact Us tab across the top. And if you do... I will send you a free ebook on health in America. We're just about out of time. I appreciate all of the listener involvement, all of the listener questions. I'd also like to thank those of you that showed up at Vitamin Life last Saturday for my workshop on chronic inflammation. I actually had a lot of new faces out there, and it was great to see you guys. We'll be back next week with another wonderful episode on Dr. Andy's Wellness Corner right here on AM 1150 Alternative Talk, KKNW. Till then.